Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, fam. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you all here. Today, we are going to be tackling a topic that I think a lot of you guys may relate to or may have experienced in your time raving or attending festivals. I have two of my really good friends, fellow content creators and coaches, Maddie Maple and Vibe with Aid on today to talk about toxic friend groups and friendships in the rave scene. So we're going to be discussing red flags to look out for, um, how to deal with these situations, how to navigate peer pressure in this scene, because I know that comes up for a lot of people and other uncomfortable scenarios and situations that you may find yourself in. So we're going to be reading listener stories today and giving advice um, and just talking a little bit about this situation. So that is what you are in for today. But before we dive into things, you guys, I want to share a quick word from one of our friends of the podcast, Lunchbox. So if you attend music festivals and you care about protecting your belongings and your valuables, you care about staying hydrated and filling up your pack quickly and efficiently, because that was a huge thing for me. You care about having enough storage and a high quality bag that is going to last you a long time. It's durable. You can knock it around and everything will be good. You guys need to check out the Lunchbox Anti-Theft Hydration Pack. It is the only bag I will bring with me to festivals. I have been a fan ever since May 2019. Uh, the bag is anti-theft. It features inverted zippers, all of which have zipper clips. Um, it's made of ballistic nylon, so it is actually cut-proof um, amongst many other features. You guys can also customize your pack with zip-on skins, so depending on the style and look, if you want more trippy patterns, they have really cool designs. Um, they have really cool geometric like holographic pattern so there's plenty of accessories to fully deck out your lunchbox but you guys can save $11 off your pack with code Capotis. That is my last name, Capotis. That will save you $11 off your pack. So definitely go check that out. I will leave links down below in the description box. All right. With all that being said, you guys, I'm going to dive right into the episode here. Please join me in welcoming Maddie Maple and Vibe With Aid to the podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast. I have two familiar faces here today, uh, repeat guests who are two of my favorite human beings who I always look to for advice. So I'm super excited to have them on for today's topic. But first we have Maddie Maple, who is a confidence and business coach, a host of Breaking Butterfly podcast. She helps women create badass lives and businesses um, and is a festival goer, of course, as well. And then we have Aid Ramos, otherwise known as Vibe with Aid or Find Your Vibe, which is her coaching company. She does life and fulfillment coaching. She's a festival content creator. Um, and she's also helping women find uh, fulfillment in their daily lives and everything that they do. So two badass women that I'm super excited to share this space with, but welcome guys. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks for having us. <laughs> of yeah. course. I am so excited to be here. I literally rave about Emma and aid both so much. I've always like, those are my girls. They're some of my absolute favorite people on this planet. And we've been able to work together in so many different ways. Like we see each other at festivals and then we also are able to do you know, coaching stuff or content stuff, or there's just so many fun avenues that we get to connect on. So I'm excited to do a podcast with all three of us. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love when our energy gets together and you guys are like such professionals as well, but <laughs> today we just get to like have fun. And I mean, it's a, it's a more intense topic, but I think we'll have like really good advice and hopefully people can relate to this and feel seen in the topics that we're mm -hmm. talking about today. 
Um, but yeah, can you guys, I mean, I kind of gave an introduction, but can you just share a little bit about your background, I guess, with like the festival community and kind of like how you got here? Yeah. Get off with Maddie. You want to go first? Okay. I'll go first. (laughs) I know it's always that awkward moment. I'm going to go first. Um, okay. How I got into festivals in the community. That was a question, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, wait, should I go into the story kind of of how I found my rave fam too? Yeah. You can share a little bit about that too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I'll give you guys the whole rundown. So it was a very like serendipitous thing. I always knew that I wanted to go to raves and festivals once I kind of figured out what they were. There was like the movie with Sarah Highland on Netflix called like XOXO. And it was like a very cheesy rave movie, but I remember watching it in high school and being like, oh my God, like that's, I just, yeah, I instantly felt connected. Um, But I was dating somebody at the time in high school and he literally said to me, if you ever go to one of those raves, I will literally break up with you. And I, so speaking of toxic relationships, we'll get into Mm -hmm. that more later. Um, (laughs) Obviously that relationship did not end up working out. Uh, I started going on this like, you know, personal journey just of finding myself. And I was at this party one night in Salt Lake. And I just want to premise and say that like, I don't really go out that much like to parties. So it was like so random that I was at this random house at this random party. It was like late at night. I never stay out that late. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, um, Hey, like, do like, come be my beer pong partner. So I was like, okay, let's play beer pong. And we start talking, we start talking about music. And I mentioned like, Oh, I've always wanted to go to a rave. And he's like, Oh, well you should come to DOS with us, which is like the biggest festival in Utah. Mm-hmm. And it's just a strange man. I don't know him. I'm like, oh, that would be cool. <laughs> and so we just like connected on Snapchat. And uh, for some reason, I kept feeling this pull. Like every time he messaged me, it just felt, you know, not even because of attraction or anything like that. It just felt like this really like interesting connection. I was like, I don't know, whatever. We kept mm-hmm. talking. And then Doss came around. He was like, come with us. And I was like, okay, I'll come with these random strangers. I don't know any of them. Sends me a random address. I show mm-hmm. up in a full. Coachella ass outfit. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I was working on it for weeks, gluing these little flowers on my my outfit and I showed up at that house and I didn't know it yet, but like those people would like come to be like my family, not just my Ray family, but literally like my, Mm -hmm. my family and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. I walked into DOS and like sober as can be walked in and just sobbed my eyes out. Just like, I couldn't believe the energy that Mm -hmm. I felt. So it's kind of how I got into she things. Sucked in ever since. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. year was that? That was 2017, August okay. 2017. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been doing this for five years. It's crazy. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. We're going to come back to the, yeah, we're going to come back to the friend groups. Aid, what about you? Uh, well, first, Maddie, I need to see the photos yeah. of your first sauce. <laughs> I, I will send the them. Of the outfit. <laughs> yes. Um, so mine was a little different in the sense that I was going to Arizona state at the time, which is one of the biggest party schools in the country. Um, and I'd been listening to EDM probably since high school, like 2011, 2012, always been fascinated by it. And in my sorority, there was a couple of girls who raved, which is actually really funny. One of them was Emily from who is blossom. You guys know, yeah. Um, she was in my sorority. And so I was seeing like her go to these raves and I was seeing other girls in my sorority go to these raves. And I was like, I want to go. So I think it was my junior year, 2015, I want to say, or sophomore year, I went to my first one with a fraternity and it was like a smaller group of, of the guys that I hung out with. 
And I walked in and I was with a couple of friends and same thing that Maddie felt like I didn't saw, but I was just like, yeah, like this is where I'm meant mm-hmm. to be. Like, I love the vibes and everything. And I talked about my first rave being like sort of a mess, which it was. Yes. I've talked about that story a lot, <laughs> um, but I knew I just wanted to go back. So decadence Arizona 2015 is like what I consider the moment I was like, I'm going mm-hmm. to everything. Like I want to be a part of this. I love this community. And I was with that Ray family for a while. Like that's kind of how it came about. Like we didn't mm-hmm. even call it a Ray family. It was just like our group that we were going with. And then probably like 2016 was when I started hanging out with a different fraternity. And that's kind of like how our rave fam formed. <laughs> and we called ourselves Glitter Gang. <laughs> and it's actually <laughs> funny because there's another rave fam now that's called Glitter Gang. And they literally have a totem. Like we used to have a totem oh God. matching t-shirts. And so anytime I see this Glitter Gang unicorn totem, I think of like my OG rave fam. And we were a group of like 50 people, I want to say maybe even more. And so even from that group is split off in like mini rave fans and like, depending on your location and stuff. So I've always considered that to be like my OG rave fam. And then I feel like through vibe with eight, I've had other rave fans kind of Mm -hmm. just like throughout about, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, I remember you rolling deep. I've, I think I've talked about this before, but when I, before Aiden and I had like officially met in person, it was at EDC Vegas and I knew her totem because we had already connected online. Oh, yeah. um, and I remember like just seeing in the crown, I told my, my fam, I was like, I need to like go say hello to her. And I like sprinted over to the totem. And it was like a random guy holding it. And I was like, <laughs> where's vibe with Aiden? He's like, who? I'm like, vibe with Aiden, you're holding her totem. <laughs> like, where did she fucking go? And I think you were at like Martin Garrix or something like that. But yeah. yeah, you had you were rolling deep with a lot of people at the time. Yeah, yeah. We always squad up. Um, and it's funny because the, they just all know me as aid, right? Right. I started yeah. vibe with aid <laughs> after that. But um, yeah, they just all know me as aid. So they were probably so like, funny. who? <laughs> yeah. Your actual name? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I know, yeah, and I'm since then, like obviously we've all like, you know, had had friends change and you know, we go to events with different people sometimes. Like I know mine kind of changes depending on the event I go with, but this episode came about because I have had people send me DMs before, um, like exact scenarios we're gonna talk about today, um, dealing with situations of like I guess like the best way I could describe it is like toxic friends or situations, or I've had people write about like feeling peer pressured into things by people. And in my head, I'm like, this is just not the right people you should be around or hanging out with. So we kind of want to start out by chatting about signs of toxic people. And I'm sure people are going to be like nodding their head along while they hear (laughs) hear these as we read through them. So I started a list, but I want you guys to chime in too. I'm going to go through each one and we can kind of like share any stories or, you know, any scenarios you've ever dealt with. Um, But the first one that came to mind um, is kind of like, and this can be tricky, but somebody who you're always a babysitter for them, like they can never, ever take care of themselves. Maybe they're participating in substances, something along those lines, but like every single time there's an issue or a problem or something along those lines. And that's not to say that you shouldn't take care of your friends. You should 1000% be looking after them, but it's somebody who's like consistently messed up all the time. And you find yourself being babysitter at every single event you go to. Mm-hmm. You guys ever had to deal with somebody like that? <laughs> I would say a little bit. I've been, um, 
I've been pretty lucky with my Ray fam. We like pretty much hold ourselves, but definitely right. You have people that kind of come and go. Um, Mm -hmm. and they usually go for a reason because we're like, of course, we're going to take care of you if you're Mm -hmm. not okay. But yeah, there's those people where it's just after a while you're like, dude, because it feels like more, more than even the babysitting, it feels like a difference in intention. And I feel like that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. parts of finding your Ray fam is having the same intention. Like, why are you going there? <clears throat> is it for the music? Is mm-hmm. it for connection? Is it for trading candy? Is it for this? And of course it doesn't have to be exactly the same with everybody, but right. there really has to be, I think the similarity in values and like your intention of like, why you even show up in that space. Mm-hmm. And someone totally. that's doing that just does not have like the right intention I think yeah it's a great way of putting yeah it. I would agree with that I feel like in my college rave fams that's what we saw a lot because we were all in college mm-hmm. and like now that we've kind of all grown up we all know how to number one kind of handle our stuff but to mm-hmm. kind of know like what's uh best for us and I agree with Maddie like having that intention is important um yeah I feel like back in the college days, a common problem I saw a lot was like the constant re-upping like, Oh, I took this amount last time. Let Mm -hmm. me double it or take Mm -hmm. more or whatever, that kind of stuff. That was very like now looking back was dangerous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We just didn't know back then. Um, but I think like Maddie said, they just kind of like dwindle out, you know, like you'll take Mm -hmm. care of them and you'll show Mm -hmm. up for them but I think they'll start to realize that there's a larger issue at hand as to why you're going to these events in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great point. And that can kind of trickle out too. It like this, a lot of these scenarios are like daily life too. It's not just like the rave community, but I know with like alcohol, that could be a big one. Cause I've, you know, seen scenarios too, um, with people I know who have had friends who do it over, like overdo it with alcohol every single time, but it will lead to like, you know, losing your phone or breaking something or getting in a fight. And like every single time that person like goes out, there's some sort of issue. And then that obviously like reflects on the rest of the the group, which I think if it gets to that point, if it's like a good friend or something, and this isn't somebody that you see not being in your life, then it could be a matter of like having conversations outside mm-hmm. of that to make sure that they can get help or whatever that they need. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I think, great point about having intentions and maybe like assessing your friends or what the group is like looking to do when you go to these events. That was a good one. Totally. It's one, it's one thing to be, you know, struggling with your own issue and be maybe a little bit out of control. And it's another thing to be what a word that came to mind is just like inconsiderate. It's like completely Mm -hmm. inconsiderate to, um, tarnish somebody else's experience because, you know, because of you Mm -hmm. like almost on Mm -hmm. purpose, just yeah. not, not very plur. Hashtag not plur. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to flip the scenario around a toxic friend or group, somebody who doesn't take care of you when you're down bad. And mm-hmm. like, it could be one time, it could be multiple times, but if you find yourself in a scenario where you are struggling and you look around and you find that like, there's no one there to help you, your group has dissipated, doesn't care about your well being, like huge red flag. Huge red flag. Huge red flag, but I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine having a story that I could share from my own life that resonates with that because I think a big thing when we talk about toxic friendships is just like just having a no bullshit policy, just like a really, Mm -hmm. really high standard where I would never even allow anybody into my life that I thought would maybe leave me hanging. 
like yeah. in any scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I can't even like fathom that situation. <laughs> you yeah. Know what no. I mean? Even no, in no. college, we took party buses and like no one was left behind. Like absolutely no one, even if they were late, even if they got lost, like no one was left behind. So I think if you are in a situation like that, it's definitely time to like reevaluate mm-hmm. that family or whoever you have in your life with that. Yeah. Cause this is like the extremes. This is like a safety issue. If you ever are in that scenario where you just find yourself like struggling and people just like, don't want to take care of you or like whatever the situation is, even just like getting people help. I mean, that's the good thing about this community. I feel like we talk about this all the time, like look out for the people around you. And I think people Mm -hmm. are very good at like stepping in if they see somebody, excuse me, that like looks like they're struggling, but you want to have friends who like recognize in you, like maybe they're having a bad trip or maybe, excuse me, something's going on. Like maybe we need to go to the med tent. Maybe we need to go find ground control or like they have oasis areas if you need something. So you want to be looking for people who I think you have like having a game plan too, like Mm -hmm. knowing where those things are and then knowing you have each other's back. If you, if you can't trust that somebody in your group or the whole group is going to have your back, I feel like that's a very, very strong sign of a toxic friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that go in with a game. I think everyone should know those things to begin with, but if you are like worried about that, like, it's just important to know where the med tents are. If there's like an oasis for you, sober groups or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. um, to like rely on that. Yeah. Okay. This is a big one. You guys, these are scenarios of I've experienced and I've heard other people experience. So not respecting your space. So this could be oh. in a hotel, <laughs> in an Airbnb, in a camp campsite. Um, so the red flag is somebody who doesn't respect or is not considerate of the space, which could include inviting people over without consent, keeping you up all night, no regard for your, for anything. Any thoughts on that scenario? Okay. When you first said that I have a a little bit of a different spin. I don't know how much I've experienced it in terms of like people coming to like my space and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I'm usually pretty like party animal. I'm like, come over. It's at 5am. Let's like party (laughs) some more. But for me, actually one of my biggest pet peeves is when like I'm standing in a crowd and a man is trying to get like around me and they'll like touch my waist to be like, excuse me. And like Mm -hmm. move around me or even just like, I know that at raves, people are very like touchy and lovey and they want to give you little massages and hugs and, you know, Mm -hmm. come up to you and dance with you. Um, I personally just am not that person. And I really, really need my personal space, especially like if I am tripping and I just like, don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want people to touch me. And so, um, (laughs) yeah. And I feel like maybe some people just don't get social cues, but I always find it really like makes me really uncomfortable, especially the men, man thing. If they're like getting Mm. around me in a crowd and they touched, touch my waist in any way to move around me, that Mm. makes me feel so unsafe. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of when you, when you first said it, that's what came to (laughs) mind is more personal space or my personal bubble, literally like my, you know, yeah. But that, um, kind of, that applies to friendships because yeah. if there's somebody in your group that's making you feel that way, like invading your personal space, that's a whole, that's a new <laughs> bullet point here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we're more talking about like friendships and, and stuff like yeah. that, but that's no, just but the that first applies. thing that came to my mind. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. 
Yeah. Um, to that effect too, when your friends and your Rayfam are like super chatty sometimes <laughs> yeah, 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 and you're yeah. just trying to focus on the music, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I love you, but like the music, you know, like <laughs> totally. I, I try to like hold the conversation, but when it's like extending past three songs or, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's something that came to mind for me in terms of that. But then um, I don't know if I've told that I've told this in some places, Emma, I don't know if you remember when we got kicked out of our Airbnb at crossed mm-hmm. 2020, um, Maddie, for you to know more about this story. Um, we went to cross 2020, the only festival I went to in 2020, it was like right before, uh, everything shut down. Um, the night before, uh, one of our friends, the friend that was the one that got the Airbnb, she decided to invite some people over, And I guess the neighbors didn't like that. It wasn't like an out of control party, but like, she didn't really let us know that she was just like inviting people over. And we're like, fast forward, we're at cross and 6 PM rolls around 7 PM rolls around. We get a text that we're getting like kicked out of our Airbnb (laughs) because like the neighbors complained. And then like the owner was worried that like more people were sleeping there than like what was allowed, Mm -hmm. like all of these things. And so we were like, okay, well we have to leave and be out by midnight. And the festival I think ended at 11 or something like that, or it ended at midnight. I can't remember. So we saw like half of Chris Lake and then we had to like leave. And I was like (laughs) crying, packing up everything. Cause I was like so frustrated and annoyed because it was, it was out of my control. And like, normally I'm in control of things, but this was like one time where I was like, Oh yeah. Someone else can book the Airbnb. Someone else can like handle this. Let me like, <laughs> You're like let shit. this happen. <laughs> yeah. So that was a case. And like, I'm still friends with that person, but I am on the fence when it comes to like Airbnbs in California now, just because I think there's like a level of strictness. Right. So like mm-hmm. we're going to lane eight in LA with a friend group. And I was very like, no, we're getting a hotel. I'm not doing an Airbnb. Cause I just like, do not want to get kicked out. <laughs> Traumatized. That. You know what I mean? <laughs> cross PTSD and everything yeah, like literally it it I mean I've I've literally heard of scenarios like I haven't done this but I'm sure some of you guys listening have like a lot of the times you can get in these scenarios because it makes it more affordable especially when you're younger where you you get an Airbnb and then it's like okay we have to fill the Airbnb so then you invite like yeah. friends of friends or like acquaintances or people you may not literally may not even know and you meet them that weekend and so you don't know each other's like you don't have like that respect yet or each other's like level of comfortability. And I've literally heard talk to people where they're like in that exact scenario, met people that weekend. And the people like literally were screaming at the top of their lungs until six in the morning or blasting music with like (laughs) no consideration for anyone in the house. And I feel like those are the scenarios where it's like, if you can't communicate with your rave group or you constantly find yourself where people are inconsiderate and inviting people over, makes me nervous because it's like if it's your shared space and you just come back to a room and there's like all these people you don't know like with your stuff I feel like that's also something that like needs to be a conversation (laughs) before it happens Mm -hmm. yeah totally it's tricky I don't really Um, make friends so (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna be inviting anybody over I'm like I have my three friends and that's who's with me yeah I love that um, okay. Some other ones. So peer pressure I wanted to talk about, cause this is like one of the reasons this episode came about, but I've gotten messages from people who have said, 
I was in this scenario. I'm a sober raver. I don't really like to participate in any substances. And I was at this show and this guy came up to me and he was like making fun of me essentially, or like making me feel guilty for not wanting to participate and was kind of saying things like, you know, are you boring? Or like, why don't you want to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And the way she was referring to it was like a friend. And I was like, that's not a friend if they're mm-hmm. going to be speaking to you like that and making you feel bad about a choice to be sober. So I feel like a huge red flag can be any sort of situation where you feel peer pressured into doing something you don't want to do or to being made to feel bad about it, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that just doesn't make yeah, that doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to me at all. Like why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want your friend to like make the best choice for them? Yeah. Um and but I think it's especially really dangerous like if we're going to go on kind of like a deeper level this might be Mm -hmm. going a little bit too dark um but especially especially if it's someone that's not a close friend say it's like your best friend in the world and okay peer pressure isn't good on any level but I could just see scenarios where it's a really really close friend and maybe you're like feeling nervous about doing something but there's like a little bit of a desire and they're like hey like I got you let's do this thing Mm -hmm. like right I could see where that could be okay if it's someone that is an acquaintance and they are trying to give you anything at all and especially alcohol and they're like, come on, just have a drink with me, anything like that. Like that's where I could see peer pressure being really dangerous. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. peer pressure with your friends, right. It's like kind of fun. If it's like really close friends, right. Yeah. You do you know what I mean? There's but a boundary. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's, but it's a very, very fine line there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't want this to sound like peer pressure is okay. If someone wants to be sober, they're sober, but you know what I'm saying? Especially if someone is not a close friend of you and they are trying to, yeah, pressure you into anything, Mm -hmm. especially, I just think like, why, why are they trying to get you fucked up? What are their intentions? What are they doing? Like, right. Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, this exact scenario was kind of like, just being at a show where you want to have a fun time and then somebody comes and make an off makes an offhanded comment to you which makes you like start overthinking like oh like what are you no fun like you're not going to participate with the rest of us it's like who would ever make you feel like that first of all I also I feel like the only reason they would be bothered by you being sober is maybe their own judgment of themselves and they feel Mm -hmm. like they can't have fun yeah Yeah. they can't have fun being sober because why else would someone be upset for you yeah. and mm-hmm. causes it changes nothing about their experience yeah for you to be sober exactly except for that's how they what, feel about themselves that's the direction I was going to talk about is like oh, yeah. it's obviously mm-hmm. a problem within themselves you know yeah. and to not let that get to you and to probably connect with a group of sober people if you can um because you'll find more like I guess, uh, support in that way. Right. Like Mm -hmm. that person doesn't have your best judgment and just speaking from personal experience, since I have not been drinking for four months, like my friends have been so supportive. It's insane. And one of the main things I thought was like that they weren't going to be, Mm -hmm. which was crazy of me to think, but that's something that we all consider like, Oh, like they're going to think I'm no fun. They're going to think I'm no, I'm boring, but like, Mm -hmm my friends go to the bar and they grab me a mocktail or they grab me a water, you know, like they support me in that way. So it really is saying more about themselves that they can't have fun without you. Like, yeah. Being sober, you know, it's just, yep. Mm-hmm. It's I just totally agree with you. Yeah. If you're you that person. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so it's t- tricky too. Cause I think like Um, especially like if you're in college or you're younger too, like, I think we're all at a point in our life 
which is awesome where we're like very comfortable with ourselves, but I can totally picture a scenario like at the shows I went to back in college, which were like very party driven. Like that was kind of like the point of them at the time. Mm -hmm. And I could see like, I could see the type of personality that would come up to you and like make you feel bad about not wanting to do something. And that scenario is like, there's so many ways we have, I think we have videos on this too, of like how to find other people in this community. And like Aid just said, connecting with sober ravers, um, there's plenty of amazing people who will be supportive and you just need to like identify these ones and get rid of them, yep. <laughs> not put yourself in those scenarios. Yeah, um, exactly. okay. Just a couple more. Cause I know we have a lot here, but I would say, what was another one? Okay. Any sort of scenario where I know it's tricky with like compromising, I would say it shows like a lot of the times when you're with a bigger group, um, communication can be important, especially if you don't really want to split up. So you guys can like figure out where you want to go and things like that. But how do you guys feel about groups where you feel like you don't have a voice or you feel like if you want to go see this artist and everyone's like, no, we don't want to go see that. And you feel like you constantly find yourself compromising or not being able to do what you want to do. (laughs) God damn it, Emma. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This one's huge for me. I resonate deeply and not because my friends don't want to do what I want to do or like I don't have a voice necessarily, but it's more that, you know, in my rave group of 50 people, I'm like the only one that wants to go see this artist. And I've found over the years that I actually sometimes prefer just being with my family Mm -hmm. and like seeing the music that they enjoy more than like being by myself. Cause I've had the times where I go by myself or with like a friend or two to like a different set. And we like, you know, step away from the whole group and it's cool, but then you miss, you know, just being with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely like, I, I feel like there was a time where I was just very vocal about it. And I was like, Hey guys, um, I know I like very different music than you, but mm-hmm. I, swear to God, if I see good vibrations one more time, (laughs) I am going to melt and pass away. So I've seen good vibrations like 20 times and I don't even, I hate good vibrations. And so, yeah, there came a point where I was kind of vocal with my friends and was like, Hey, like, can we please go see the set that I really, really want to see? And I want to see it with you guys, not by myself. Like, can yeah. you just do this one thing for me? Mm-hmm. And of course they do. So sometimes I do think, you know, in a big group like that with so much going on, um, some, in, you know, if you can find a serious moment where you can have a little bit more of like, you know, not like a joking, like, mm-hmm. come on guys, we never go to the sets I want to see. But like, actually I was like, guys, my feelings are actually kind of hurt. And I feel like I really, really want my friends to be at the set with me. Can we make this happen? You know, because mm-hmm. I've always been the odd one out that like wants to go see some other artist <laughs> yeah. except for slander. And so, yeah, I, I think the way that I've solved that in the past is, you know, it wasn't even necessarily them being like toxic, but sometimes it's just toxic uh, communication or mm-hmm. lack of communication. Yeah. Um, and I see that a lot, even in my coaching practice with um, the woman that I support you know, they'll bring a problem to me and I'm like, all right, well, what did you say to this person about it? What, what communication have you had? Or they're like nothing, or they'll, or they'll be like, I wonder what this person thinks, or I wonder what this person would say. I just don't know. I'm like, why don't you ask them? And I'll literally have clients be like, I could, I could just ask them. I'm like, yes. And so sometimes it's just, 
you know, people have good intentions. I think some people are just oblivious and, you know, we have to really like stand up for ourselves and, you know, Mm -hmm. just have that communication. Yeah, for sure. This could be an easier fix too. Cause I was thinking like, there's obviously a scale here, right? Like some of these scenarios are like really fucking red sign. It's a safety issue. Yeah. Red flag. (laughs) It's a safety issue. Like really that's not a good person for you to even be around versus like, I think we're getting to the bottom of the scale here where it's like, it could be a communication issue. Like you guys could probably work that out, stand up for yourself. Um, and like go with your gut feeling if you think it's more than that or like worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything to add because with our Ray fam, uh, we had two totems. So if we were splitting sets or like, you know, some people wanted to go to this one, other people want to go to this one, we would always be able to find the totem and we would always be like, okay, we'll meet you back up and go to the totem or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really found that. I mean, I hope anyone in our Ray fam never felt like they couldn't speak. You know? yeah. <laughs> we had a group chat that was always popping off, you know, and even in yeah. like the groups I go with now, like even when I go with Emma, we just always kind of align on like, oh, are we going to this set or going to the, that set? Mm-hmm. And we would kind of like know if it's okay to split off for a set or two, you know, yeah. and then we'll always have a meeting <clears throat> spot to find each other again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like finding those, yeah, that's good too. Cause if it's, if it's a really big group, like 20 to 50 people, you can find maybe those like smaller groups that kind of get along with you really mm-hmm. well and like find your people. Um, this is actually a funny <clears throat> segue. Cause I did a poll asking you guys, um, signs of a toxic rave fam. There's just a couple of entries, but the first two tries to force the group to do what they want and only what they want <laughs> was the first one. <laughs> Uh, gets incredibly high or drunk and expects everyone else to take care of them every time. Uh, person blacks out and doesn't remember the drama they caused the night before. Mm. That's probably pro- that's probably goes into like couple fights too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like couple yeah. fights. Um, oh, next one. Always picking fights, trying to control your whole group, not having clear vibes. Um, jealousy as another one. And when you'd rather leave and go to a set solo, that one's Mm. interesting. Another one I can think of too. And this is just, you know, coming from obviously the confidence coach that works with a lot of women and thinks about like appearance a lot. I feel like a sign of a toxic friend for me in general is just somebody who's always negative and down on themselves Mm -hmm. or especially about their appearance. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the beauty of the rave scene and like how it helped me heal my confidence so much was this like free expression and feeling so beautiful. And, you know, like if you're getting ready with a bunch of girls and you guys are like gassing each other up and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, your outfit is so cute. You look amazing. Like that is the energy. Whereas, you know, there's been girls that I've gotten ready with in the past and we're like all doing our makeup and it's just so like oh, I look so fat in this. And like, I don't like, Mm -hmm. I look cute. And in your day-to-day life, I get that. Like, you know, we struggle with our body image, but for a rave, like, again, it's that, it's that intention. Are you going there to look cute? Are we going to feel free Mm -hmm. and like express Mm -hmm. ourselves and just like gas each other up and be like all love. Um, so I just want to share that one. That one came up of even just the way that people speak to themselves, because that's really going to get into your energy field. And especially if you are, you know, participating in different substances to be around someone that's going to bring in some like negative energy, you know, even if it's just being mean to themselves, it can really seep into your energy field. And I feel like, you know, create an experience that's not 
full of love. So mm-hmm. it's really important to just like watch how people speak and, you know, yeah, their perceptions. Yeah. I would agree with like the negative talking just in general, right? Yeah. Like someone mm-hmm. that's always like, uh, I always say the person that's like, but right. Like there's always a, but yeah. to it or like, <laughs> yeah, like they just can't, or something happened at the beginning of the day and they just can't like, let it go depending on what it is. Right. They're valid in that. But at a certain point, you know, you kind of have to just like, let it go and dance it out. Right. With some things, but mm-hmm. they're just going to be like this dark cloud over the group. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like have that in the group. Oh, yeah. God. Like this is like stressing me out. I feel I feel for you guys because it, it's hard. Yeah. Like it is fucking hard to navigate it. And we're gonna talk in like a second about how to like get out of these scenarios too, because like we've all gone through it. Sometimes it's just situ- situational where it's like a one time thing, and then you have to deal with it again. And other times it's like you find yourself in toxic friendships, and like you genuinely have to assess them. But I'm glad you mentioned energy because I know we're all like very much into that. But I remember I was reading a book that was talking about it, like we're literally made of energy and like picture in your head right now, a person who, when they walk through the door, you like instantly get excited. Like you, they're such a happy person. You just can feel that energy. Like we all know someone like that who just lights up a room and then think of like the opposite person, right? Like think in your head of a person right now who like makes you feel icky. Like there's just something about their aura that like drains you. I feel like you kind of have to go with your gut feeling on these people that are around you as well. Cause you want to have way more, if not all of the good energy and like way, way less of the people that drain you or make you feel bad or bring you down. So mm-hmm. it's working through these relationships to like find those people. And there's plenty of them in the scene, but yeah. it can be hard. It can be hard to navigate this. Um, mm-hmm. The only other, let me see the polls. I also just threw these out there. I said, have you ever felt peer pressured by a friend or a group into a situation you were uncomfortable with? 53% said no, but 47% said they have. And then have you ever had someone try to peer pressure you into doing substances? 62% said yes. And 38% said no. So there's a lot of peer pressure around like substances happening um, in the scene, which is tricky. Um, okay. I'm going to read just a couple of quick stories. I have one. This first one is, uh, I'm going to leave them anonymous. How will we do that? <laughs> okay. So she said for the recent topic, you asked people to write in, um, my first, oh wait, let me see if this is the right one. Sorry. Okay. Toxic great friend. Uh, I would say it's really about knowing your boundaries and staying firm in your boundaries, realizing you never have to do anything you don't want to do. And always, always, always following your gut. I've for sure been in some scary situations regarding being at shows and being able to remove myself and be firm in my decision. Being firm in my decision has absolutely been to my benefit. Um, yeah, I would, I think that's kind of like echoing what we said, mm-hmm. kind of having boundaries with people as well. Boundaries mm-hmm. are hard for me. <laughs> yeah. And realizing that, like, I feel a lot of people feel like they can't have boundaries because or like they're trying really hard to keep their friends because they almost have this belief that if they lose their friends and they're going to have zero friends, when in reality, if you lose the bad friends, you are going to attract better friends. But I think some people do, um, uh, compromise on their boundaries because they are like afraid to lose their friends. But sometimes Mm -hmm. if you're afraid to lose your friends, the best thing you can do is lose them. Yeah. 
Great point. We're just all in the same wavelength. I feel like being in this call. <laughs> yeah. I literally was like lack mindset, lack mindset. Yes, like in my head. You. Like it's yeah, literally yeah. like scarcity mindset, like thinking that like that there is not an abundance of these people. Like there's so many exactly. people in the rape community. Like there's so yeah. many people that are plur. Um, you know, that we've had this conversation about plur not existing. And I think that's a whole mindset belief of that mm-hmm. plur doesn't exist anymore. And I'm like, want to shake people like plur does exist. You're just like looking for that confirmation that it doesn't, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great point. <sighs> I'm that person though, because I have to say, I know plur exists <laughs> because I live in the plur, yeah, but walking yeah. around a festival, there's not as much, I feel as when I first started raving, maybe it is a perception. That's a good point. Maybe it's a mindset, but or I'm the not festival bitch. itself. Yeah. It depends on the event, maybe too. Yeah, it, de- it depends okay. on the event. Yeah. It depends yeah. on the event. It depends on the event. 100%. I think that's what it's coming down to now. It's like locationally, right? Like, because mm. we hear a lot from like Southern California where a lot of new ravers are going to those events, right? Because yeah. uh, those events all the time. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. yeah. But I, in terms of like the friendship thing too, like you're closing yourself off from the abundance of potential, like friendships and connections that could be out there by having mm-hmm. that type of mindset. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with you. I literally just said this today and I feel so strong about this, but, um, I feel like you have a festival experience, especially when you get to a place in your life where like you do have really good connections and you have this like incredible weekend with these people and you bond so well with them. And then it's over and you're like, damn it. I really wish this exact same group could be at the next (laughs) one because I love them all so much. And then you go to the next one and like a couple people are different in your group and then you fall in love with them and you're like, this group is fucking amazing too. (laughs) And I, I just like had that thought today. I was like, you can just find these people and you can expand your circle. And like, I just constantly get surprised over and over again by like how many fucking amazing people there are in this community. And each time we pick them up and I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. you are now in the fam. I fucking love you. Your energy is amazing, but it's all about attraction too, right? Like if if that's what you're putting out in the world, you're probably getting it back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. This next one's short and sweet. Uh, it says literally says, ha 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 ha. Hi, Emma. So I was friends with this girl named blank who we brought to Paradiso with us. And she was hitting on my ex at the time while we were there. And the guy that my sister was currently seeing, she was so rude to my other friend in the group to the point where she ended up crying because she was bossing her around to get her phone charger, make her food, bring her socks to the photo shoot that she had, etc. Uh, The first girl didn't bring any food with her, no phone charger. So she needed us to take care of her the entire weekend. Yet she ditched us as soon as we got inside the festival. She wasn't the nicest to anyone. And after the event, I sent her a big text, essentially telling her that we didn't want to rave with her anymore because she was extremely toxic. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, if you want to use the story, keep the names out of it. LOL. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Uh, These are actual scenarios people are dealing with. Yeah. I just can't even fathom. I just can't. <laughs> I can't believe that people actually She's act like, like I that. Could never. I could, yeah. I guess like. Yeah. No. I mean, props I, to you for cutting it off right away after. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Some people would have probably continued to keep her in the group. You know, mm-hmm. to show up. Like, let's just like go through that. Though. There's like a lot hitting here. on. Yeah. Okay. So number one, hitting on your ex in front of you, like super inappropriate making somebody cry. So just genuinely like not being a good person, 
um, and trying to make people take care of you, literally not coming prepared, like, which it's one thing if like you genuinely don't know and you need help, but like blatantly coming unprepared, mooching off of people and then completely ditching them when you go inside. Brutal. That's horrible. Brutal. Yeah. That's an yeah. ditching is another thing. We didn't even talk about that, but like if mm-hmm. that, and again, that happens with like when you're in high school and like you get ditched for the night by your friend, like that situation just sucks for everybody. But if you find yourself in a scenario where you get into an event and like everybody disappears and you don't hear from them and mm. you just get totally ditched, like that's yeah. fucked up too. The girl I went to holy ship with, I just ended up being like her roommate and she just needed to fill her room. And I wasn't sure if we were going to be like, like she was an old coworker, but we weren't that close. I wasn't sure if we were going to be besties and like going to sets mm-hmm. together. And then like, she just kind of split off. And like, luckily I had friends already there, but had I not, I probably would have been like, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what am I doing? You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and she like totally split off. But the only time I saw her was when literally when we were sleeping, that was the only time I saw her so the whole crazy. festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When me and my friend, um, went to burning man, we had like <clears throat> a couple conversations beforehand just about, uh, we actually had that whole conversation of like, if you need me to take care of you, like you genuinely need me to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I will be there for you every step of the way. And also I'm not taking care of you. So you better hold yourself <laughs> because like, this is my burning man. Yeah, yeah. And then we also had the conversation <laughs> of like, just super, like just before going into the mess, like really making some, again, communication and just having clarifications around, like she even said to me, she was dating somebody new and she was like, Hey, if any of these days you want to have a day with just me, just you and I, and just like girl time just communicate with me. Cause like, I am going to be spending a lot of time with this guy. And I made it very clear with her. I have these other friends and, you know, just, just saying that up front first, right? Like your coworker could have just said to you, Hey, come room yeah. with me, but mm-hmm. just know that like, I don't really want to hang out. I have other friends yeah. and I do my own thing. Cause when you go into it and you know, everyone's intentions, then mm-hmm. everything's fine. Yeah. yeah 100%. Um, okay. Last scenario here. And then we will get moving because Ollie's literally starting to throw the ball at me. (laughs) He's over it. Okay. So this one says, um, first I'm sad to hear that you have received messages asking for help with peer pressure. The rave scene is such a beautiful, accepting and welcoming place, but that doesn't mean that there aren't, um, other negative sides as well. I had a lot of trouble making friends and finding acceptance growing up and definitely have fallen victim to peer pressure many times. The first thing I'll say is that if somebody is putting you in an uncomfortable situation or telling or implying that you need to use substances to fit in, those people are not your friends, period. Peer pressure is so complex, and I personally think there are two forms of it. One, where someone is telling you or implying you need to do something, especially if it pertains to fitting in. I've not encountered this too much in the rave scene as it does tend to be pretty welcoming and accepting. Um, however, the form of peer pressure that I have experienced a number of times in the rave scene is a bit more self-imposed. For example, I've run into situations where one person has offered another person substances just to make sure they knew they were included and to share same ways as if somebody came to your house and you asked them if they wanted food or a drink. However, the person on the receiving end, depending on their social personality might interpret that this is kind of what we're talking about might interpret that as peer pressure, um, especially if it's a dynamic where they're not as socially confident or Mm. want to fit in. Um, Mm. Yeah, that's definitely tricky. What I've learned through my own experiences with fitting in, making friends and peer pressure is that when you do something that is not truly you, 
those around you can tell that you're not being genuine and that you're uncomfortable with the decision and situation you're in. Even if you give in to peer pressure, the same thing still applies. If you do what's pressuring you, it still probably won't result in your acceptance. The best thing you can always do for yourself is to always stay true to who you are and know what is truly best for you. I promise that friends, um, who appreciate you and love you will come. If you're experiencing this now, please know that a rave scene where with pe- people who peer pressure are rare and there's a whole community of people who love to get to know you. Mm-hmm. That person was so insightful. I was just yeah, going to say that very... was a really well-written yeah. entry. Yeah. yeah. That they do so bring up like a good point. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. They do bring up a good point. Like in newer groups, you don't know how people like inflection works or tone works. Right. So like even in that second type of peer pressure, that person could just be totally harmless offering, but like, it's all about how you say it too and how you convey it. And if it feels like there's like pressure added, right. Mm-hmm. Cause some people will be like, Oh, there's no pressure at all. Like if you just want some, like help yourself, whatever, like that's more of like a easier way, but some people, you just, some people are just trying to be nice, but the, it could be coming off as peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think another thing, like if you are sober and you're not wanting to um, do those things, I feel like there's also just a really like badass way that you could co- go about it in terms of just like fucking owning it. Like if someone comes up to you and is like, oh, you're sober and be like, yeah, you drink, like just send it right <laughs> back to them. Or they're like, Hey, yeah. I want some of the substance. And it's like, no, do you want some of this candy? Like literally yeah. just send it right back. Like nothing is even <laughs> wrong. Like mm-hmm. I, uh, I met this guy at burning man and he was like, yeah, completely sober, whatever. And I did kind of have the reaction. I was like, I was like, what, how are you going to get through this whole week sober? And he's like, He's like, I'm just high on life, baby. I don't need anything. And he just fucking owned it. Like he looked at me like I was crazy. And he was just like, he's like, yeah, I'm fucking high on life. Like I don't need anything. Like my life is amazing. All the fun is inside me. And I'm looking at him like, what? And he's looking at me like, you're the weird one. So there's also, I inspire you guys. If you are somebody who's like sober, sober, curious, like, just fucking own that shit. Make it a part of your personality trait, like make it badass. And I think that you'll get around, um, much better. Agreed. I'm cracking up right now. Cause Ollie has this bow next to me and he's just like chewing it to death. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> he's like you guys can hear this in the background. It's like, mom, it's dinner time. I know I, I push it. It's past dinner time, but uh, wrap pretty much wrapping up here. And then we're going to dive into, um, I'm the ladies are staying on for the news today. we got some fun stuff to dive into, but any last thoughts on a toxic rave group? I mean, the last thing I wrote down is just like how to handle these situations. Cause I feel like sometimes at least for me personally, when I was younger, I felt like sometimes friendship breakups were like so dramatic and intense. And then the older I got, it, it was really hard for me to like, let go of friendships. And then I realized like people come and go, there doesn't have to be this dramatic ending. It can, sometimes you can just like, let it fade out and you'll just see who stays and who goes. But when you're sometimes when you're younger, it can feel like very intense or like, I have to cut this person off. So any advice or recommendations for somebody who feels like they need to leave a scenario and how to handle that? Don't overcomplicate it. Just leave. Like Emma was saying, I just talked about this in one of my podcasts too. It's like all of my girls were writing into the hotline, like about, yeah, these big messy friend breakups. I'm like friend breakup. What is, what does that even mean? You just, some fizzle out and some, you just hang out with less or you hang out with more and just let it happen organically. 
And yeah, just don't, don't overcomplicate it. Just be like, Hey, this doesn't align. I want to go hang out with these other people. Um, and also trust me, being alone is better than being with people that don't have your best interest at heart. So don't be afraid to be alone. Um, when you take that step, you will attract the right people. And so, yeah, just don't be afraid. Trust me. It's way better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, to go off of that too, like if you need to leave the group chats and like, if that feels like a easier first step, right. Of leaving the group chat, you might see who notices, right. And see who actually cares, who actually reaches out. I've left some friend group chats and I got no, Hey, I saw you left the group chat. Like I got none of that. And I was like, this was like not Ray fam, but <laughs> other friend groups. Um, you might find out who the like real people are that are in your corner. And then the beauty of the rave community is that there's so many ways to find new friends these days. Like I feel like with social media and discord communities and just other things like that, there are so many amazing ways to find new people to call into your circle. Right. Um, and even if you go to like a local show, like you just never know who you might meet there. Um, or even going to festivals, like I know at electric forest, they have like a her forest, which is specifically for women to connect and find each other. Uh, they also have like a sober group that you can also connect with. So there are so many ways to kind of just tap in. It's just about you taking that extra effort to meet and connect with those people. Yeah. I'm echoing that. I think it's, um, I think if there are scenarios where it's like a blatant, like, like we talked about, like the extremes, like a safety situation, or there's like a weekend that really goes horribly wrong. And you just know, I think it's like, if you care about the person a lot and it's a long time friendship, I think you should have the hard conversation and talk about it or work through certain things. And then if it's people that are maybe like acquaintances, I think it's totally fine to acknowledge that that's not for you and it's not the best option. Um, and just kind of take it from there. And like we said, maybe you need to take a break from shows for a little bit or whatever it might be, find new groups to go with, but there are so many incredible people out there. So I hope you guys, you know, write in and let us know how things go too. Cause I want to hear, but I think that was kind of everything on this um, topic. My rave culture cast recap this week, there was a lot going on in the news, but I narrowed it down <laughs> to three topics really quickly. And I think it'll be funny just to like get our opinions, but uh, the first one, I don't really want to give him more attention than he deserves, but Kanye West is obviously, um, he's in the news right now for tweeting some incredibly horrible tweets about, um, the Jewish community. I think it was like anti-Semitic comments, which were extremely fucked up. And he's been removed from like a lot of things, obviously, like businesses. Um, I think he was removed from his Instagram and Twitter account were both deactivated for spreading hate speech. And then as it pertains to this community, I forget the exact festival, but he was removed from two festival, um, lineups as well. I don't so think they were announced yet. Right? Which ones that he, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But they like, like removed all ties with him. Um, and I think this past year too, wasn't he on, was it Asher world? Or was it Coachella? It was Coachella, wasn't it? He was supposed it? to be Coachella, but he pulled out because Travis Scott wasn't allowed to come as a guest. Right. And it was very last minute. I remember being like, wasn't it like the week yeah. before? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a week or two before because he was like wanting to have Travis Scott be like a pop-up guest because Travis Scott was supposed to headline, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he was going to give some time to Travis Scott to come on stage. And so once that happened, they, he, then they said that, that he couldn't do it. He pulled out. Yeah. And then it's kind of been like a ripple effect from there. Um, I know yeah. the Smokers just came out and they had a, had a song called Kanye came out a couple of years ago. And I believe they removed that from all streaming services. So the main thing to talk about here is just, do you feel like <clears throat> the response from the festival and the music community has, um, been fair? Is there anything else that you think should be done on our behalf or any comments you want to throw out, throw out at Kanye or yay? Sorry. I think his name is yay. Now I don't, I don't know. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? This, aside, like the celebrities who have come out because like, obviously these things are tweeted by like these public figures and it, they don't, I, I know he, this, we're talking about somebody who's mentally ill, but in other scenarios as well, they don't realize like the, the weight of their words. And in this scenario, I believe it was in Los Angeles. I don't know if you guys saw like the image, it was over a bridge, but there was, um, um, I don't know if it was like a white supremacist rally, but it was all like anti-Semitic messaging that they hung over this bridge in support of Kanye's messaging, extremely offensive anti-Semitic statements that he said that you can't take back, which can like really um, weaponize these people and make them think that like, this is something that is publicly tolerated. So I feel like the swift and intense response to it is completely just, and it should like, I'm glad he was deplatformed because he doesn't deserve Mm -hmm. a platform for what he writes. Um, but just the pop culture references, like as it pertains to music, like he's been written about in so many songs, obviously referenced a million times. And I feel like it's past the point of it being, funny or relevant anymore like I feel like we just don't need to talk refer to him ever again in any kind of music scenario that's I don't know that's how I personally feel yeah yeah the amount of times I hear Kanye's name in songs and all the things Mm -hmm. um and and also just his personal music is huge like it really really is he's a huge artist um it's you know for me I've actually just been like sitting with this a lot recently not only with Kanye but with like just other musicians and it just really really pisses me off honestly that so many Mm -hmm. of them make decisions that they know will ruin their career uh, a lot in the EDM community I just heard about a bunch of other things I'm not on Mm -hmm. EDM Twitter but I just heard about (laughs) about a bunch of other allegations coming out and it's like Mm -hmm. all of these um you know sexual allegations and like I just feel so frustrated that they create this music that creates some of the best memories of our lives. And then we almost can't listen to that music. You know, even for mm-hmm. example, there's a couple of bass nectar songs that I really, really love. Like there's some mm-hmm. of my favorite songs, like fucking mothership, like goodbye. I love that song. Mm-hmm. But now I like listen to it and I'm like, it's not the same anymore. I don't yeah. feel like I can listen to it. And it just feels like so disrespectful to these, th- for these artists to do anything that is Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. Crosses with that. the line. Crosses the line. Hurtful. Yeah. No. I seriously. Yeah. It's yeah. Just yeah. Hurtful. It hurts. Well, they take their platform and what they've done, and then make make a decision. You know, it, there's different levels of extreme that that can go to. But mm-hmm. yeah. No. I I know what you were getting at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, we'll see what happens with that. It's kind of like I know Adidas just cut ties with him. Like it's been crazy. They like one that. thing after the other after the other that's been coming out. Um, on a positive note, I will say. Uh, End Overdose, which is an organization that provides resources on harm reduction, um, drug testing kits, things like uh, Narcan, Mm -hmm. um, Insomniac, and 
Pascual Rotella actually just did a post this week announcing the partnership with them starting at Escape and their presence is going to be at every single Insomniac Festival moving forward where they're going to be on site pr- providing harm reduction resources, handing out Narcan. Narcan is going to be allowed to be brought in by guests, which it used to not be. Amazing. So this is like a huge step in the right direction, I think, for harm reduction. But any thoughts on that announcement this week? Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time coming, but it's an amazing, positive step in the right direction that I think we've all been asking and wanting. And I know people are like, okay, well, the next step, like get Dan safe at these events, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we got to take what we can right now and just keep hoping, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That we'll continue to have harm reduction be at the forefront of these events because, yeah, I mean... I think, uh, wasn't it last week, there was a big fentanyl bust in San Bernardino, even, mm-hmm. I think. I saw that. So I think it's great that they did this. And I think it was probably because of that event, you know, that mm-hmm. where escape is going to be held in the same city, like mm-hmm. need to have these things available. So I think it was a really great step by Insomniac to finally uh, do this. Acknowledge. So I just yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah. So I think uh, it's going to start to set a precedent for hopefully some of the other events as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully for like some of the bigger, larger scale festivals like Coachella even, and life is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like some of those other type of festivals that we don't see that at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I just felt a sense of relief, uh, relief when I saw that, mm-hmm. because that's something that I just stress about myself, especially as my siblings are getting into the rave scene and you know, like what it's like to be a kid. And I'm like the overprotective mom. <clears throat> and so I just, am always telling them, I'm like, if anyone offers you anything, if you're ever going to do anything in the future, mm-hmm. you know, they're pretty good kids now, but it just, I, I will sit them down and have like conversations with them and be mm-hmm. like, please, because how heartbreaking would it be to lose someone you love just because, you know, you thought you would be safe one time and we feel like we're so invincible. Um, so yeah, it just felt like a huge, huge relief to see that. Like, cause I just think it's so Sorry. important. I, yeah. Oh my gosh. Ollie is Ollie. literally injured. No, I love you. He's really over the internet. So what, what do you think about end overdose? Ollie? <laughs> what do you, do you have to say to the reduction? people? <laughs> I think he was trying to take uh, your backdrop down. He was like, I got I, I know. I'm so sorry, guys. Like he's <laughs> like, okay. he, I, I, he has been hanging in. I will make this the last question. Cause he's like, so ready for dinner. So I feel bad. <laughs> no, I um, love it. And this we're leaving all this in this is off the cuff. No, but I agree with you. I think um, I'm excited to see where this goes. I don't know that much about end overdose. I'm, I'm going to try to get them on the podcast. I've had Dan safe on twice, twice. So I think for me, um, I agree. Like obviously because of the rave act, this is why organizers haven't been able to like really have a presence of harm reduction on site at events, um, because of the risk of like getting shut down, but that's, it's been around for such a long time now. And I clearly think harm reduction saves lives. So I'm curious to learn more about end overdose. I'm going to do more research on them and hopefully talk to them. Um, but I agree. I hope we see some dance safe presence at events because they've been around the longest, I believe they've been doing this forever. Um, but I'm excited. I think yeah. having Narcan um, at events will be huge. And hopefully people can go learn a little bit more about that. We have the episode you guys can learn like how to use, properly use it um, and what it is. So definitely educate yourselves on that. And please be safe at Escape this weekend because I know it's sure. a big, big event coming up. Um, um, one of the yeah. girls, Cami, uh, that does end overdose. I mm-hmm. can't wait for you to talk to her. She's so nice. She's in kind of like a lot of their educational videos. She's like their spokesperson, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, 
she was a YouTuber that I discovered. So seeing her like affiliated and I think that's like the next thing she's kind of working on. She also does music too, but she was a YouTuber that I used to follow. And so seeing her face, I was like, whoa, like that's so cool. So I hope you get to talk to them. And if they do it, I hope it's her. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm definitely, I'm going to reach out to them. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you ladies for providing advice and sharing stories. Um, I love doing this episode with you guys and uh, it was good seeing your faces. So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Of course, plug, plug where people can connect with you. Aid, you can go first. Um, you can find me at vibe with aid on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and my coaching business is at find your vibe one, 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 uh, on all the same platforms. And I also do have a podcast. I just started called life is a vibe all about life fulfillment and all the things. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. Mm, love it and yeah thank you so much for having me emma i'm so grateful and yeah i'm maddie maple and my instagram is maddie maple my tiktok is maddie maple m-a-d-i and maple like the syrup and then i have my podcast freaking butterfly and i think that's it awesome i will leave all their links below along with like coaching services all that stuff they've got going on because they've got incredible resources for you guys but uh, thank you guys for being on. Thank you for listening to this episode. All of the links to connect with Rave Culture Cast will be down below, and I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. bye.